welcome to Fresh Fusion, a show where we discuss the business, the art, the ethics of content creation on the open web, and the Fediverse. My name is Jared White, and this is episode 98. Let's talk about talking about threads. Well, folks, I'm back from my summer vacation, back from a game conference I went to in Spokane, Washington, called Mysterium. And boy, was it fun. I had a great time. Uh, First time ever going to this game conference. It's for fans of the Myst series of games. Yes, that Myst, M-Y-S-T. Myst, Riven, Myst 3, Myst 4, Myst 5, uh, and other games that Cyan has done in that genre. Most recently, Firmament, which I'm actually a huge fan of. I really, really love Firmament. Uh, so yeah, it was fun. I went there with my brother Shane. We had uh, a lot of fun uh, both traveling together and exploring that area, as well as attending this game conference. I got to tour Cyan, the headquarters of the game company that makes the Miss Games. Uh, really nice headquarters there, just north of Spokane. Uh, surrounded by sort of a wooded area, uh, which is appropriate because as anyone who's ever played Mist knows, you're on an island with some woods and (laughs) there are some interesting parallels there. Uh, And I'd never been to Spokane, so I wasn't sure what to expect. And it's a really nice town. Uh, It reminded me a little bit of Portland, actually, in terms of Uh, There's a river, there's a really cute downtown, lots of young, smiling people doing what seems to be uh, fun, creative things in fun, creative places, lots of coffee shops and restaurants. Uh, So I definitely enjoyed the vibe. But anyway, I'm back from Mysterium, back from summer vacation, and I have renewed vigor to talk about the news items of the day. We're going to talk about, well, talking about threads. (laughs) But before we get to that, a couple of points I'd like to make. First of all, we are officially in the countdown to the 100th episode of Fresh Fusion. That's right. We're almost to episode 100. It's very exciting. Uh, I talked a little bit about this in the previous episode, 97. Um, But yeah, the fact that we're, we're coming up on the 100th episode is super exciting. Uh, And a long, long time ago, I had this idea in my head that once I got to episode 100, I would feel like a real podcaster and could shop myself around (laughs) somehow to like other famous podcasts I admire and say like, hey, I can be a co-host now or guest or whatever. I don't know. I don't know what I was thinking, but... I just felt like, uh, you know, once once I've recorded 100 episodes in a row, I can consider myself an official podcaster. Uh, so I guess that's uh, coming up pretty soon here. Uh, and once I'm an official podcaster, folks, you will be the first to hear it. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, so, so there's that. And then the other thing is... Uh, Just one item of follow-up, because there's sort of this perennial discussion going on in all of my various mediums, where I talk about generative AI and ChatGPT in particular. And this is a very interesting news article, courtesy of the Huffington Post. 
Sarah Silverman, the the comedian, the, the famous actress who's been in shows, uh, many comedy specials, podcaster, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, she is suing OpenAI for apparently including her 2010 book, The Bedwetter, in its training corpus. That's the claim, I guess, that uh, you can use ChatGPT and depending on what you ask, it will provide sort of all these lightly summarized excerpts of parts of her book. And she claims that's copyright infringement. Now, this one news article in isolation isn't all that interesting, I might say. But there are lots of these lawsuits happening now. Lots of similar lawsuits and just more all the time. And, you know, I was thinking about this and, you know, it's possible that OpenAI and, you know, other other tech giants that are creating AI chatbots, you know, Meta, Google, etc. Um, you know, it's possible they'll weather the storm of all of these lawsuits, but it's starting to look to me like what startup is going to want to insert itself into this market who doesn't have huge amounts of funding behind it? Uh, you know, who's want, who's going to want to come into this thing now when it's so clear that there's so much activity around litigation, right? Like it's one thing for open AI to get sued, but if I'm like, uh, free as a bird AI, <laughs> a new startup with my own LLM. Like, you just got to know right out of the gate, if you're doing something that seemingly competes with ChatGPT, you too are going to get sued up the wazoo. So it kind of feels like there, there isn't really a market for like a bunch of companies providing AI services, right? Most of the companies you hear, they're like, oh, we're adding AI to this. We're adding AI to that. AI, AI, AI. AI all over the place. Most of them are just directly interfacing with OpenAI, right? They're just a, <laughs> they're just a front end. It's like, it's like Amazon. It's like AWS. Like a bunch of startups build stuff on top of AWS. So all these startups out there are building stuff on top of OpenAI. Uh, I think that in and of itself is a major concern. Now, there are people out there who will claim like, oh, well, there's, you know, there's open source LLMs out there. Like there's open source competitors to OpenAI's stuff. Uh, you can get a, a GPT-like experience with, you know, insert open source project here. I'm not sure I buy that argument because I think if you had a truly open source LLM that had like truly, let's say, you know, public domain, uh, vetted uh, content that, you know, nobody's going to complain about their, their being uh, in its training data set. I'm not sure it's going to return results that people will find very interesting, right? Like, like people find ChatGPT's output to be interesting in certain ways. I might not think it's very interesting, but clearly some people do. But obviously, that must be because so much of the stuff that went into creating OpenAI's training data sets is everybody's stuff, right? <laughs> if, if you remove everybody's stuff, 
you know, all of the wonderful creators and bloggers and other folks contributing to the internet. Like, if you remove all that stuff and try to retrain ChatGPT, I don't know if it's going to work the way people want it to. So anyway, those are some thoughts around all of that. Uh, I'm sure this lawsuit from Sarah Silverman is just one of many that we're seeing now, and there will be many more to come. Watch this space. All right, that's it, y'all, for the preamble. Now we will talk about talking about threads. (laughs) The reason I phrase it that way is because I myself am not on threads, and I don't really want to talk about threads directly because I'm already bored with this topic. Like, what is there to say? It's Instagram without the images. It's Meta's competitor to Twitter. It's a place where people can go and post stuff and feel safe if by people you mean, you know, corporate brands and influencers and all of those sorts of people, right? Like, (laughs) everything that you could imagine threads might be, it, it kind of is, like both the good and the bad. So rather than cover all that, I thought it'd be fun to just kind of go through a series of toots that I've made, that others have made, talking about threads and kind of provide some some meta narrative here for y'all. So starting out with a couple of my own toots, uh, I just recently posted. So I figured threads would be commercially successful and popular early on because whatever you may think about meta, they know how to run a social network. But quite honestly, I'm flabbergasted at just how fast it's grown. Now, granted, we have no idea what the MAU, that's monthly active users, what the MAU will turn out to be. Even so, the growth curve is breathtaking. This is an indictment on just how much ill will Elon has garnered in his short tenure. It's hard to imagine Birdsight, that's what we all call Twitter in uh, <laughs> nerdy mastodon circles. It's hard to imagine Birdsight lasting much longer in its current form. So yeah, that toots pretty self-explanatory, but to me, the the bigger story here isn't, you know, how fast Threads is growing or could be growing or whatever. It, it's, the story here is the fact that this is even a thing here and now, you know, the fact that Meta felt confident they could launch this thing, the fact that there's so much interest in it, it's because Twitter sucks. It's because Twitter sucks so bad and people are desperate. (laughs) And again, by people, I really mean (laughs) corporate brands, influencers, and, you know, the sorts of people that just kind of follow folks in a sort of generic consumer-y way. And we all know there are many of them, right? Like, like Like the percentage of people that meaningfully contribute to social networks is a small percentage. And most people are, for the most part, lurkers. And and that's fine, right? Like, forums have been like that on the internet since time immemorial. Like, there's, there's a small number of vocal people <laughs> like me. <laughs> and then there are lots of lurkers. So, you know, it's, it's a bit of an ask to get lurkers out there to be like, hey, join this Mastodon instance, or hey, join this Fediverse thing. Let me explain to you how ActivityPub works, blah, 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 right? And that's what people have been saying for a while now of like, Like, you have to be a bit of a geek to get into Fediverse stuff. But 
if you're just somebody who's casually on Instagram, you know, posts a picture of your dog, posts a picture of your kids when you're at a family dinner, you know, follows some random celebrities and whoever, you know, kind of just very casual user, like seeing that there's new this new thing that called threads and it's in all the news and everyone's buzzing about it. You might think like, okay, I'll try that out. You know, anything could be better than Twitter. Like I'm probably not even on Twitter. (laughs) Right. That's the other thing. Like, like we in the know have historically seen Twitter as sort of the be all and end all of public discourse public square sort of conversation on the internet. Um, But there are a lot of people out there who didn't really like Twitter or didn't get it or just simply weren't interested. I mean, again, talking about uh, going to Mysterium with my brother, like he's, he's never really been into Twitter. You know, he, he has a Twitter account to promote some of his music, but like, that's kind of it, right? Like he's, (laughs) he's still, you know, chatting with friends through Facebook and, you know, I don't know. I'll have to ask him what he thinks about threads. But um, so, yeah, so I think, you know, there's just there's such a large market of casual users that are already familiar with Instagram where, you know, getting on threads is a no brainer. Um, but then beyond that, you know, all of the people in the know, all of the, the heavy users of, you know, the Twitter of old, like they've just been desperate. They've been so desperate. It's like, <laughs> you know, could it be this? Could it be that? Maybe we could try this. Maybe we could try that. And now seeing what's happening with threads, it kind of feels like maybe that cycle is coming to somewhat of a logical end. I feel fairly confident in saying any startup out there that thought it could position itself as the, you know, the better Twitter than Twitter how are you going to compete with threads? (laughs) Right? So, you know, it's not hard to envision a future world where because of ActivityPub and assuming threads really does implement ActivityPub, and I'll get to that more in a little bit here, but assuming that happens, it's easy to conceive of a world where there's threads and then there's, you know, the world of open source Fediverse instances. And, And that's public discourse on the internet like that's how it ends up all kind of shaking out in the end for better or for worse but yeah um i'm not going to talk about blue sky in this episode but i think there's a lot that we can cover with regards to blue sky now and if there's any room for that you know if if they're just going to get squeezed between mastodon and threads (laughs) Uh, there's certainly certainly some interesting points to make there, but not in this episode. All right. uh, One other toot I made here, kind of a funny joke, and it really works better when you look at it. But, you know, I posted the the thinking emoji and asked, what if threads is just the text version of the metaverse? Same vibes. (laughs) And this is with regard to, you know, so far the vibe that we see on threads by and large, like, you know, lots of folks sharing screenshots and stuff and just kind of being like, oh my God, this is hell. (laughs) It's because, you know, they're like seeing, you know, I don't know, Jeff Bezos and some other, you know, sort of celebrity act like, you know, 
hey, I'm here and I have a new account. Isn't this cool? And like, hey, so what do you think so far? And who should I follow next? And like, like these people who have like more money than God <laughs> and, and more fame than almost anyone else in technology and beyond, uh, you know, acting like they're just like, oh, hey, I just showed up. Uh, what's happening? And just all this kind of weird status stuff and posturing and... Uh, <laughs> you know, I think of that that funny meme, you know, uh, you know, the <laughs> the old geezer dressed up as a high school student, sort of, you know, slinging his skateboard and saying, how do you do, fellow kids? <laughs> it's it's this kind of stuff, right? It's like, as my kids would say, cringe. Um, so, yeah, uh, again, like not to not to say threads doesn't appear to be pretty damn popular right now but um yeah it's it's gonna be a while before we see if the vibe improves <laughs> or if it stays that really sort of banal corporate uh you know fake smiles sort of thing going on um, there's an article at 9to5Google about how Threads uh, just was recently updated, uh, at least in the Android app, to um, provide some uh, additional Q&A around what Threads will be doing with regards to ActivityPub and the Fediverse. And it's just kind of you know saying things about that. And I thought that was really interesting because it's, you know, this is Meta directly talking to you know, users of its new Threads app and trying to explain stuff. And I found the way that they're explaining it to be really quite fascinating, actually. So, for example, one of the questions is, what's this Fediverse thing all about? And they answer, the Fediverse is just a fancy word used to describe a bunch of social media services that can communicate with each other. You know, that's a good answer, right? Like that that's the most basic way. <laughs> like if you're talking to someone who's, you know, not really technical, just using an app on their phone, doesn't have any idea what the heck people are talking about all this fediverse stuff. Like that's probably one of the best answers you could give. So, you know, again, like Meta knows how to run a social network, like, you know, putting aside all of the problems that many of us are very well aware of with Meta as a company and and as a, you know, as a force in our industry. But like setting all that aside, they're competent. I've never said anything to the contrary. Like Meta is a competent company run by competent people. Uh, and, you know, in this regard, I think they're doing a good job. Uh, again, another another question that's very obvious. How do I find people in the Fediverse? And the answer, it works exactly like email. You can send an email from Gmail to Yahoo and vice versa. This allows people to choose their favorite service and follow each other, even if they don't use the same one. This is maybe a slightly less good answer, because the question is, how do I find people in the Fediverse? And they kind of explain like how you follow someone in the Fediverse. But really, the question I think a lot of people will have is like, how do I discover people in the Fediverse? Um, and that's a bit of a problem even within the Fediverse. So I'm curious how Threads might solve this. Like, like let's say tomorrow, boom, they enable ActivityPub. Threads can now communicate with the Fediverse. Awesome. But 
how do you actually discover other accounts? Like, unless you specifically know to go to, say, at Jared White at IndieWeb.social, how can you find me? Like, can you just go into threads and search Jared White and somehow my account shows up? Like, (laughs) I'm very curious to see how they handle discovery and search because if they end up doing that a lot better than even Mastodon itself can do right now, that will be a little bit of <laughs> a little bit of a, a black eye on uh, the current state of things in the Fediverse, because this this is constantly a a thing people will complain about. And I've found, you know, obviously being a nerd, like plenty of ways to work around this. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm genuinely curious how uh, discovery will work. Someone I've really appreciated following lately, Maria Delano. Uh, she is publishing a newsletter called ADMD, which I think is Attention Deficit Marketing Disorder. (laughs) A very clever name. Yes, Attention Deficit Marketing Disorder. Um, Her newsletter, she writes about threads a bunch. She writes about Mastodon, and she's been tooting a lot about threads, and uh, it's it's really been a great resource. So I definitely recommend you check out uh, her account and the newsletter. And the links to all this stuff, of course, is in the show notes, so you can just take a look there. Jason Raimundi responded to one of my toots with <laughs> uh, just sort of reiterating what a lot of us have been saying. He says, my favorite part of threads is knowing how crazy it drives Elon. <laughs> right? Right? And again, it comes to this thing of like, like meta <laughs> has picked the perfect moment to try to come out with a competitor to Twitter. You know, they could have come out with one years ago. Like, there's so many different times when they could have come out with, like, a full-on Twitter competitor. But they're coming out with one right now at, like, the perfect moment when Twitter just looks like an utter dumpster fire, a hell site of epic proportions. (laughs) And, you know, Mastodon and the Fediverse and ActivityPub is something that's been attracting a lot of attention in tech circles. And so for Medic to come along and say, like, Hey folks, we have a cool microblogging social network for fans of text, and we're going to interoperate with other social networks using ActivityPub. Like, it makes Meta seem like the good guys now, which is super weird. Super weird. <laughs> Help me, Mark Zuckerberg. You're my only hope. <laughs> Save me from Darth Elon. <laughs> Ah, oh, it's so weird. It's so weird. But it's, it's uh, you know, it's kind of fun, too. Uh, again, kind of along these lines, this funny account called Missing the Point, which regularly posts stuff that's very absurdist. Uh, recent post was, Business idea. Mastodon, except one instance, owned and controlled by a megalomaniacal narcissistic billionaire. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's Twitter, right? <laughs> it's Twitter is like Mastodon, except it's just one instance and it's owned and controlled by a megla by a megalomon meg Man, that's a hard word to say. I hope I said it right the first time. I'm not going to attempt it a second time. <laughs> Narcissistic billionaire. Um, of course, 
could argue the same thing about threads at the moment, but yeah, we'll skip right over that. Or maybe not, because my next toot here is from Max Kennerly, and Max says, uh, obviously, with just a hint of sarcasm, Threads is looking better and better. What I wanted from social media was self-promotion from celebrities and rich people. No control over my timeline. Strict prohibition of any sexual content. Nothing from Europe. No alt text. And data harvesting to empower genocides. Woohoo, everybody! Sounds great! <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's that's highlighting some very real downsides about threads right now. Uh, t- to me, by far, the biggest problem is no control over the timeline. The, the fact that the timeline is this bizarro world algorithm, there's nothing really you can do about it, is like... Like, even if every other aspect of threads, every single other aspect of threads was perfection itself, I would refuse to use threads for that one thing. Now, there's nothing stopping them from adding a purely reverse chronological feed down the road. You know, they certainly could do that. Don't know if they want to do that, but, um, you know, the, the thing that is potentially interesting here, of course, is, well... Once they federate, once they support ActivityPub, assuming I'm on an instance that hasn't blocked threads outright, I could just subscribe to a bunch of folks on threads, but use my own service, Mastodon or CalkKey or whatever I happen to use, and and I'll get the full reverse cron feed, no algorithm, etc. cetera, uh, but I can follow all these folks on threads, so... That's that's the interesting thing here, folks. It's 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 not so much that we're talking about like, oh, there are going to be third party apps to access threads, because that would mean that they have to provide an API that third party apps can use. So that's not what we're saying. But what we are saying is, you know, for example, I could just use Ivory and just keep my Mastodon account but follow a bunch of folks on threads, right? So if I want to follow that one celebrity I actually like, or I want to follow Jeff Bezos, (laughs) no, Uh, but I want to follow, you know, some big news site or whatever. And I I want to include that along with all the other folks I follow in the Fediverse. So anyway, you get the point, right? Like that's, that's the potential promise of threads and what makes this potentially somewhat exciting. A toot from Nosh, where he says, Meta is sitting on a gold mine. The theoretical success or not of Threads app so far has made me realize this. Meta is sitting on a gold mine of user data. They can potentially keep releasing new apps every few years, and people will flock to them in herds. Yeah, this is, again, possibly one of the most interesting things about Threads and the news around Threads is just how much demand there is for this. And it kind of highlights, you know, like people for a long time have been saying, you know, oh, Meta doesn't know how to innovate anymore. They can only buy stuff to seem cool, right? They can only you know, purchase some new innovative social network to get people buzzing, et cetera, et cetera. And Threads is kind of fascinating in the sense that just 
out of the blue, I mean, not really, but seemingly out of the blue, they can just say like, hey, folks, here's a new social network. And yes, it's really just like an extension of Instagram and blah, blah, blah. And it's, yeah, let's let's just set that aside, right? Like first there is Facebook, then they bought Instagram and now Instagram is a really big deal. And now they're just saying like, hey, folks, here's a new thing called threads and you can use your Instagram account to log into threads and from there you can be part of threads this new social network and boom it's exploded (laughs) so maybe yeah in a few years they could say like okay folks you love threads here's tapestries I don't know (laughs) whatever right like and you can use your threads account to log into this thing um, and arguably, like, they'll be an even better position then because, uh, you know, like, they could use ActivityPub concepts to essentially federate between their their own social networks. I mean, you know, they don't necessarily have to use ActivityPub under the hood, but, you know, if they have, like, threads and then tapestries, which apparently I've just named their next uh, social network, so... Um, I'm waiting for that check to come in meta, that that nice beefy check for that name. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, they could have threads and then they could launch tapestries, which has some you know new way of presenting and consuming content or whatever. But they could have people on threads being able to follow people on tapestries and vice versa. And both could follow people in elsewhere in the Fediverse and people in the Fediverse could follow people on either of those social networks. Right. Like, OK. Again, setting aside all the problems that we're well aware of when it comes to meta. Isn't this how the web is supposed to work? Right? Like, we don't just have giantcorporation.com and everything goes through that. Like, no matter what you do, no matter what you buy, no matter who you talk to, no matter how you consume your news or whatever, like, everything you do is through giantcorporation.com like one website it's the portal to everything like that that's totally against what the web is supposed to be the web is supposed to be a vast network of hundreds thousands millions of websites run by so many different people providing so many different services and even if you're one corporation you know the meta corporation Like, why can't you have multiple websites that serve different purposes for somewhat different audiences? And you should be able to use protocols to connect these different services, just like any other websites out there can use common protocols to connect all of their services in different ways. Like, that's what's so incredible about the web. And Threads, to me, illustrates, like... This is the first thing Meta's done in a long time that kind of feels like the web, right? Like Threads feels like it's able to start participating in this thing we call the web, whereas Instagram has been so locked down, like you can't even share a link. Like you post a picture and you can't even put a link to another website in the description, And for the longest time, people were like, link in bio, because you could have like one link in your bio that has to cover everything you do. So you'd have to link out to some stupid thing that's just like, here's 10 links. 
because we can't have 10 links on our Instagram profiles or post anything about him. <laughs> it was so dumb. It was so dumb. Of course, you know, on Facebook, people could share links right and left, but that's because Facebook itself was born in a past web era. However, you look at threads, and sure, people can post links to things. No problem. And theoretically, we can all post links to threads on threads or whatever the hell it's called. Uh, and then once Activity Pub comes along, you know, people on all these other instances, websites, really, people on all these other websites can communicate with people on the website called threads. <laughs> this is the web in action. This is the dream. And as long as Meta doesn't screw it up completely, we could be starting to witness something kind of cool here, purely on a technological level. I'll, I'll cover, you know, social and cultural and even business concerns another time, because there are many. But purely from a technical standpoint, there is so much here that's super interesting about threats. And I'll close with a comment from Binary Tango. I wasn't able to link to this toot because for some reason, the instance it's on is like you have to log in to access anything there, which is a little weird. It's like it's not a public toot, which I don't fully understand. But anyway, I'll just read to you what Binary Tango says because I thought it was kind of an interesting insight. Threads will federate with ActivityPub. Why? Because they want news, publications, organizations, brands, and governments to set up their own ActivityPub compatible nodes on the network. My guess is that the headaches involved with accounts for government officials, departments, any managing anything with brands other than taking money spent on ads, dealing, dealing with news publishers and orgs is not worth it. Let those orgs make their own activity pub presence. Thread connects to and spends time showing ads to users while tracking them. All right, so I think what Binary Tango is saying here is that Thread's ultimately may not actually be super interested in having like every notable account you could imagine being on threads because they don't have to, right? Like <laughs> theoretically, like lots of companies and news organizations and, you know, government officials, blah, blah, blah. Like they could all set up Mastodon instances. They could all set up instances using whatever software, right? And all this stuff is just enabled because of ActivityPub. But if they have a huge user base on threads, they can show all those users ads even while the people are following content that's coming from elsewhere. And it kind of lets Meta off the hook then, because like if some government official says something completely ridiculous, Meta can claim like, oh, well, you know, that was from their own service. You know, we... We can't, you know, moderate everything they say. The only stuff we filter, you know, at the protocol level is like, you know, I don't know, child pornography and illegal stuff or whatever, right? Like they could have some policy where they don't, you know, federate to anything that is, you know, horrendous and heinous and illegal and whatever. But beyond that, like, knock yourselves out, folks, right? Like we can only moderate the content that gets posted here on our own service, the content that's elsewhere on the Fediverse, you know, that that's on you for following those people and engaging there. This is really kind of a fascinating idea. Uh, and 
like that's that's how it works currently, right? Like <laughs> I can be on a Mastodon instance where I can follow somebody's account on some other instance that's just absolutely garbage. <laughs> now, a lot of instances are well run and they will, you know, see that some other instance is putting out a bunch of garbage and they might choose to defederate with that instance. But that's because, you know, those are the moderation policies of the instance that you're on to say, hey, you know, those people are beyond the pale. We will not federate with them. And a lot of people right now are saying, like, well, we're not going to federate at all with threads, uh, you know, for for similar sorts of reasons. Um, But Meta can just say, like, we'll federate with anybody (laughs) as long as it, you know, meets this minimum threshold of acceptability. You know, as long as it meets this minimum threshold, we'll federate with anybody. Now, I don't know if they're going to end up doing that, but they could. And it really then lets them off the hook for, you know, potentially a lot of content that right now, you know, is a huge headache for them potentially. So I don't know. I don't know if that's true. I don't know if that's going to happen. But I think Binary Tango really had an interesting thought there that's, you know, worth contemplating and kind of, you know, put a pin in it and see what happens a few months down the road. All right, folks, that's it for today's episode. Talking about, talking about threads. I hope you enjoyed it. As always, you can find all of my stuff that I post in the Fediverse at jaredwhite at indieweb.social and, of course, on my website, jaredwhite.com, where you can also sign up for my email newsletter, Class. Thanks again for tuning in, and until next time, bye-bye.